our youth pastor, Dylan Oakey, about to bring a message this morning. So he has been an awesome blessing to our church and to our youth. And uh, so we're glad to have him this morning. Would you just give a hand to Dylan as he comes out this morning to bring the message? Here he comes. Awesome. Good morning. How you guys doing today? Doing good? Yeah. Did you guys have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah. Where's my youth at? There you are. Love you guys. Today I am here to talk about boldness. You guys think you can take me seriously like this? No? I'm just joking. I'm going to take it off. I'm good, I'm good. Oh, that was a mess. If you got your Bibles, go to 1 Samuel for me, 1 Samuel 17. The title of my message today is, There's a Lion in Your Lungs. How many guys would say amen to that? Yeah? yeah? Like I said, today I want to talk to you guys about boldness. How many of you guys have ever heard of King David or the man named David? Yeah? Raise your hand. Come on. Listen, guys, I teach, the, I teach these students, and I get them involved. So this morning, you're going to get involved, okay? How many of you guys have ever heard of David? Yeah, yeah all right. Awesome. Awesome. See, David was the youngest brother out of his family. And a war came to Israel with Palestinians. You guys know the story? Right? David went up to the battlefield because his father sent him to get a report about his brothers, but also to give his brothers food. And during that time, there was a man named Goliath. You guys know who Goliath is? Yeah. yeah. And for 40 days, Goliath stood before Israel, taunting them, bringing fear to the camp and to the people. He was like, hey, you guys. Yeah? yeah? You're so little. You are weak. Get to the copter, the helicopter. Come on. No? Come on. That was, that was my best impression right there. See, Goliath was a giant, and he was a great warrior. And he came out for 40 days, taunting the Israelites, bringing them fear. And see, David came to the battlefield. And he brought food to his brothers. And he got the report from his father. But as David was there, Goliath did the thing that he always did for 40 days. He could not resist it. And he stood before the army and he said, you're little. You're worthless. I'm going to destroy you. You don't compare to me. Because I'm a mighty warrior. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But you guys get the idea, right? And David is there and he hears this. He hears this man blaspheming his God, 
and blaspheming the people of God. And he's like, what is going on? What are you doing? And he's asking the camp, he's asking soldiers, who is this man? What is happening? Why is he allowed to say these things? And everyone would tell him, oh, that's Goliath. Don't mess with him, he'll kill you. He's too mighty. He's been a warrior since a young age. And as he's asking the people, the soldiers are saying, the king, Saul, has offered a great reward to whoever would stand and face him. But for 40 days, no one would stand up and face him. Saul offered a life free from taxes. He offered his daughters in marriage. He offered riches. Yet still, no man would stand against Goliath. Except for David. A little boy, a young man that everyone would overlook had the boldness and the courage to stand against this giant. See, David didn't care about the reward. He knew about it, but that's not why he did it. See, he did it because a man was talking badly about his daddy, talking about his people. And something arose in David, a fire saying, nuh-uh, I'm not going to let this happen today. That man right there, he's going down. See, so many times the enemy does the same strategy as Goliath. The enemy will stand there looking mean and gnarly and huge. I'm short, so I got to go huge, okay? And all he does is talk. Are you listening this morning? The enemy's strategy hasn't changed. He will stand before you and just run his mouth, just like Goliath. See, we need to understand that God has equipped us today. He's equipped you, he's equipped me to stand up and to be bold. I told you to go to 1 Samuel, right? 1 Samuel 17, verses 32 through 37, it says this. This is David speaking. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I will go and fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There is no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You are only a boy. And he has been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I have taken care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear came to steal a lamb from the flock, guess what? I went after it. And with a club, I rescued the lamb from its mouth. And if the animal turned on me, I would chase it down grab it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this both to lions and to bears, and I will do this to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. See, for too long we've let the enemy run his mouth. Okay? Bill spent about three, four weeks preaching about authority. And I'm here to tell you it's time to walk in that authority. God is saying to get up. But you have to be active. You can't just sit there and be idle any longer. It's time to take back the ground the enemy has stolen from us. And to use the authority God has equipped us through Christ Jesus. See, David meets with Saul about killing Goliath. 
And before that, I want to give a context a little bit. Before David says all this to Saul, David is meeting with Saul. And Saul's like, you're going to fight David. I'm going to give you tax-free. You can marry my daughters. You can have riches. You can live in my palace. Here, take my armor. Take my sword. Take my shield. And so David would put it on. David put on the armor. He put on the shield. And he would quick realize that he couldn't move his arms. In 2 Samuel. I'm sorry, 1 Samuel. And as he's doing this, he realizes something. I can't fight Goliath like this. I can't even move. I can barely even lift this shield because the armor is pinching my shoulder. How many of you guys know what armor is? I know you do, right? How many of you guys know that armor is specifically made for the particular person? And you can't just walk up like, Malachi, can you stand up for me? Wave your arms like you just don't care. If I was to go to Malachi and I said, bro, give me your breastplate. I'm about to go to war. Do you think that would fit me? No. I'm stocky. I'm short. He's taller. It wouldn't work. The same thing with Saul and David. You can sit down, buddy. Thank you. David realized that he couldn't wear Saul's armor. And I'm here to tell you that so many people today are deceived in picking up things that you were never meant to wear. See, God has equipped you with the authority. He's equipped you with the tools meant for the job. Look to the left. Come on. Right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left. Listen, your neighbor to the right, your neighbor to the left. This is family, okay? We are the body of Christ, and this church right here, this is our family. This is our brothers and sisters in the Lord, and we are not meant to carry or to wear the things that they are meant to carry and wear. Do you hear me this morning? Come on, this is important because God has equipped you with the tools needed for the job, and each and every one of you brings something specific to the table. You bring something specific to this particular body. And if you're operating in someone else's calling, in someone else's armor, it's not going to work. We need you in what you bring. God needs you in what you bring to the table. You see, in David, when he met with, with Saul, he came with two realizations. Realization number one, God re I'm sorry, David remembered who God was. Right? He said to Saul, God has protected me. I have fought lions. I have fought bears. And every single time God has been there, I will do the same thing to this Philistine. God has protected him time and time again. Number two, David remembered who he was. See, he realized that he couldn't wear the armor that Saul was trying to provide. It would only hinder him and stop him from winning the battle. So David went as he was called to be a shepherd. Did you hear me? He was spending time shepherding the sheep and the goats of his father. And so he went to fight the battle as a shepherd, only armed with his staff and with his slingshot. And so David went, and he went to the riverbed. He picked out three smooth stones. He loaded it up. He looked Goliath dead in the eyes. He said, not today. 
Knocked him out. War's over. Done. But he wouldn't have been able to do it unless he walked in the authority and the equipping that God gave him to do it in. And this, these questions I have for you this morning is, one, do you remember who your God is? And number two, do you know who you are? Come on, by show of hands, how many of you guys know who God is? Yeah. All right. Good. Because God has equipped you with everything you need to walk in boldness. God is the God of promises the God of heaven's armies. He is a good, good father, right? See, Jonah chapter 4, it says that God is filled with mercy and compassion, slow to anger, filled with unfailing love, and eager to turn his back from destroying people. That is who our God is. Someone who will never leave you or fail you. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Jehovah Nisi, our banner, Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Do you know who you are? Yeah? You know who you are? Come on, get involved a little bit. Wake up. You know who you are? You are a child of the Most High God. You have been called to be a royal priest. You have been grafted into the family of God. You're not an outsider. You are the light of the world. See, the enemy knows this, just like Goliath did. That if he can get you to forget who your God is and who you are, he can silence the move of God in your life. It's time to wake up, right? Come on, wake up and remember who you are. It's time to take back the ground the enemy has stolen from you, has stolen from this community, has stolen from this state. And to take it back. See, us as a church and us as globally as a church, it's time to wake up. We've been asleep at the wheel way too long. This world is just getting crazier. It's time for us to actually walk in boldness and use the authority Christ gave us. See, it's like this, guys. Pretend that this beam right here is a cross. This right here. Ooh, that's speaker. This right here is a cross, okay? See, we are meant to come to the cross, repent of our sins, give our hearts to Jesus. And guess what happens? Holy Spirit moves in. The presence of God comes and lives in us, freeing us from sin, sinful nature, things like that. But so many believers, not necessarily talking here, I'm talking globally, go like this. We come to the cross, we sit down. We just wait, kicking our feet, enjoying life. Thank you, Jesus. You rock. You saved me, man. I love you. But I'm waiting for you to come back. When are you coming back? Is it about this time? Come on. We're not meant to do life like this. This isn't Christianity. The Western culture has deluded Christianity. Come on, it's time to wake up. You're not meant to get saved and sit there on Sunday mornings and do nothing 
or on Wednesday nights. You're meant to be active like David was. See, you're meant to come to the cross and give your heart to Jesus. But then you're meant to get up, take Christ by the hand and let him lead you. Walking in authority, walking in boldness. James chapter 2, verses 19 through 20 says, Faith without works is dead. You say you have faith, for you believe that there's only one God. Good for you. Good for you. Man, James was a savage. For real. To put that in there, just be like, oh, you believe in one God? Good for you. It's okay, golf clap, right? Good for you. Guess what? Even the demons believe this. And guess what they do? They tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see faith without good deeds is useless? When you come to the cross and you put your faith in Jesus, but you sit there idle, guess what? Your faith is useless. The salvation you hold on to is useless. You are meant to be active, proactive, walking in your authority, walking in boldness, standing up for what is holy and what is right, following Christ. See, what if David just yelled at Goliath? Hey, you guy! Stop it! You're being a bully! Come on, man! Can't you see they're mighty people? Stop it! Nothing would have happened. David would have been like, ho, 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 I'm sorry. Goliath would have been like, ho, 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 you foolish boy. Come here. It would, have, it would have been over. Nothing would have happened. But David acted, and he stood on his faith, and he slayed Goliath. And guess what? The Israelites won the battle. Because of one man's ability to trust in God, what would the world look like if everyone in this room, not a single time more, let fear win, but stood up in their faith? And they acted in their faith, and they listened to Holy Spirit, and they allowed Holy Spirit to move in their schools, in their workplaces, even in their church and their community. You know, every single week we talk about being world changers in our declaration, right? My question is, what are you doing to change your world? Think about that. Guys, I'm not judging you. I want you to really ponder this. Because I believe that God is trying to wake us up. He's waking us up to boldness, to walk in the authority that he has given us. Because I believe that God is calling this younger generation right here, but also this generation, this church, to wake up and to be giant slayers. He's calling back his bride, back to his heart, back to knowing his presence and allowing him to move through them. People who will rise up and stand against the enemy and the wicked forces. See, you are called to be the light of the world. You guys know that, right? Matthew chapter 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. It says this in Matthew, you are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp 
and then puts it under a basket. Instead, the lamp is placed on a stand for the whole house to see. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all of those to see so that everyone will do what? Praise your heavenly Father. How many of you guys know that old song? This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. I'm gonna let it shine. Okay. Y'all know it. Under, under a bushel. No, I'm gonna let it shine. Mm. Y'all need to join the worship team. He is a good, good father. He has entrusted us as children of God to carry the light, to carry Jesus, to carry kingdom revival. You're not meant to just get saved. That's a bonus. When you come to the cross, our salvation, our promise, that we will be with the King of Kings for all eternity, that's a promise. It's a perk, it's a blessing. See, God doesn't promise an easy, easy life if you follow Jesus. Jesus actually promises a more, a more difficult one, saying that you will be hated, persecuted, made fun of, attacked. such a blessing to be called a son or a daughter of the most high God look at your neighbor and says, say to them God trusts you now look at him and say it's time to wake up see the enemy knows that if he can keep you in a place where you never step out in your faith guess what he's killed your calling He's killed your calling. And he has stopped the move of God in your life. See, you were meant to be a move of God in your workplaces, in your schools, in your communities, in your church. And it's time to take back the ground from the enemy and stop letting him silence you. See, you are meant to be bold. You are meant to be victorious because he is victorious. God wants to speak through you. Holy Spirit is living inside of you. You carry the same authority as Jesus. Do you hear me? You have the same authority as Jesus. To cast out demons, to heal the sick, to open the eyes of the blind, to bring kingdom, knowledge, and revelation to people around you? Matthew 28. I know you got your Bibles. You got your Bible students today? Then the 11 disciples left Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him. But some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority 
in heaven and in earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey the commandments I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That same commission, the great commission, is for all who choose to believe in Jesus Christ. You're not meant to stay idle in your faith. You're meant to be proactive. But you got to know who you are. That you are a son and that you are a daughter of the Most High God. Equipped with authority to stand up for all those who oppose the living God. So stop waiting for someone to be the move of God on your behalf and stand up in your faith and be the move of God. Be bold enough in your faith to be the light for those who are struggling in your community, in your churches, in your church. For those who don't know who Jesus is, be bold. Walk in your faith. Because remember, 2 James, faith without works is dead. What brings people to, to repentance? The goodness of God. Let the goodness of God radiate from you. Showing the fruit that you bear. That you're not looking, you're not playing church, you're not being false. You're not like the tree that bear, bore no fruit, but you're a tree that bears fruit. Let Christ be evidence in your life. See, I don't believe in coincidence. I believe in God appointments. And everywhere you go and every person that you talk to and have an interaction with is an opportunity for them to have an encounter with Jesus. But we need to allow him to move through us. And that takes stepping out and being active in our faith. See, it's going to be really, really hard to listen to the Holy Spirit if all we have is background noise from the world in our lives. See, God wants you to be bold. He wants you to stand up in your faith. That means you need to stop looking like the world and start looking like Christ. This big ladder right here, this represents God. This little one represents the world. See, you are meant to be different than the world. You're meant to look different, act different. Just as Christ was, what did Jesus do? He ate with tax collectors and sinners. He didn't shy down from sin, but he loved people. And through that, he ministered to them. Revealing kingdom, revival, and the light of heaven. Showing them who the Father is. Someone that is unfailing in their love. See, Christ has made a way at the cross for us to be free from sin and sinful nature. Yet we still choose to battle freedom and slavery. See, Matthew 5, 14 says that you are the light of the world, right? That is who God has called you to be. 
How much more time do you spend with God over the world? How much more time are you spending with God over worrying about your finances? How much more time are you spending with God in prayer and in worship than worrying about your friend groups? How much more time are you spending with God over the movie and TV shows that you watch filled with profanity and wickedness? See, 1 John 2.15 says, do not love the world nor the things it offers you. For if you love the world, then you don't have the love of the Father in you. See, the enemy has deceived so many people thinking that they could have it all. Hold on to Jesus, yet still be a part of the world. I felt it move. And he has deceived so many believers to be caught in this point, thinking that they have salvation in relationship, but are still caught in their sin. See, you're not meant to be living in a lifestyle of sin, repent, sin, repent, sin, repent, sin, repent. It doesn't work. See, Christ has made a way for us to be free from sin, and I mean truly free, as Jesus was. That's why he took the cross, because sin is what separates us from Father God. See, Jesus didn't come so you can get a free ticket to heaven. Jesus came so that he can obliterate sin and stop it from separating humanity from God. This right here, this is lukewarm. It says in Revelations 3.18, but since you are neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. It's time to wake up. It's time to make the choice. It's time to stop dabbling in the faithfulness, the sin, and start actually being faithful. Stop being faithless and be faithful. It's time to make the choice. Because God has created you to be bold just like David. He's equipped you with the tools that you need to walk and to face the enemy to where you're never bound again to the sinful nature of this world. But you are free to walk in the presence of God. But you got to make the choice. It's up to you. God won't make it for you. You have to do it. But I will promise you this, when you make the choice... He'll set you free. No longer will you be bound. You see, that doesn't mean the enemy won't stop attacking you. That doesn't mean the enemy won't come after you or your family or your children. But the good news is, is that God has equipped you. He's equipped you with the tools to face the giant. When the giant looks scary and is talking badly about you, He's giving you the tools to take him out. But you gotta have the faith. And you gotta know who your God is, trusting that he has your back. It says in Hebrews 11, 
God will never leave you or forsake you. When times get hard and the enemy is attacking left and right, God is there encouraging you, telling you just hang on to me. Get in my word. Stand on me. Remember who I am. Remember who you are, that you are my son, that you are my daughter, and I have called you for a great purpose. I have called you to be the light of the world, to not shrink back when the enemy attacks, but to be bold as a lion. And the more and more we spend time with him and the more and more that we get to know him and we stand on him, he takes you higher and higher and higher. See, the enemy wants you to think that if you trust the world and the things that the world gives you, that you'll be high. Look at the difference. Who's higher? God is. God will take you to places that you've never dreamed about going, never even thought about going. And he will use your boldness and your faith for great things. But you have to be willing to act you have to be willing to step forth. You gotta be willing to stop being caught in the middle and actually make the choice to follow him and to be active in your faith. See, God is wanting us to make the choice. It's either him or the world. You can't have it both ways. Are you going to be bold enough to stand up for what is right and what is holy? Or are you going to keep caving in to the world's demands and the cancel culture that has developed? God is saying for us to come back to him today, to pursue his heart. And what does that look like? It's remembering that choosing God is an everyday choice. Every day you're going to be faced with something different and something new that the enemy wants to attack you with. But you have to be bold enough to stand up and say, you know what, I'm not giving in to my past sins. I'm not giving in to the temptations. I'm going to stand on the word of God, and he's going to get me through this. I'm no longer a slave to sin and the world, but I'm set free grafted into the family of God. And the more that we spend time with him, guys, can I just be real with you? How hungry are you? How thirsty are you for his righteousness and for his presence? Because there's going to come a time in your life when you have to make the choice. To where you wake up every single day and you're like, you know what? God, what you gave me yesterday was enough for yesterday. But Lord, I'm bankrupt today. I want more of you right now, right here today. I need you today. When I wake up in the morning, I don't want to leave my house without having an encounter with you because you have made it available for me through your presence. I don't want to go hang out with my friends unless you're with me. I don't want to go to the grocery store unless you're with me. That's what we need to act like. We need to get desperate for him for his presence, for his heart. We need to include God in our everyday life, no matter how small or big it is. We need to spend time in his word, 
turning from our sin and never going back, inviting God to go with us in our workplaces, in our schools, and with our friends. And we need to be bold enough to talk about him. To not be shy and to know that we are a son or that you are a daughter of the Most High God. Be bold enough to stand up for what is right and what is holy, pursuing after his heart and what he wants. See, the more that you climb up this ladder, (laughs) see, when I climb up the ladder of the world, it's all about me, what I want, what I need. But when I climb on the ladder of God, it's all about what he wants, what he needs. And when I die to myself and I live for Christ, he elevates me. See, I didn't stand there at the bottom. God has brought me up with him. And God wants to do the same thing in your life, but you have to surrender your heart to him and actually invite him and follow him. We have to remember that we're the light of the world. We need to stop being silent and actually be the light, letting Jesus shine through us. As I was studying for this message, God brought something to me. Do you guys know what a purpose of a lighthouse is? Yeah? To keep ships from crashing, right? Shine light where the land is. Google's definition is, no matter where it is located, the purpose of a lighthouse is always the same. To warn ships of danger and to guide them safely on their way. Do you hear me? No matter where it's located, the purpose is always the same. No matter where you're located, the purpose is always the same. No matter where you're located, the purpose is always the same. You are the light of the world. You are meant to warn and to guide people from the gates of hell, turning them to the Father through your fruit, your good deeds. through the goodness of God. Can I just prophesy for a second? You are a lighthouse. This church is a lighthouse. We're meant to be the light of the world. Not just to sit here on Sunday mornings getting your word every other day, but to be on fire burning for the kingdom of heaven, guiding a path for all to see. Because it's not about us, but it's about him and what he has done in our lives and what he wants to do through you. It's time to walk in authority, knowing who your God is. Knowing that if you just put your foot out there, he's going to be right there with you fighting the battle. We need to stop being idle and we need to wake up. We need to put this thing in gear and never stop driving. Come on, it's time to be bold. Who wants to be bold today? Come on, who wants to step in a new boldness today? There's areas in my life where I can look back and I wasn't bold enough, but I wanna be bolder. 
That's what I want to do. If you want to be bold today, I want you to stand up. the tools you have the authority there's nothing stopping you but yourself it's time to be bold see everyone that stood up you're saying to God you're saying to the enemy I'm tired of your games I want to be bold I'm tired of letting you walk all over me it's time to be bold No longer are you going to hold the ground you've been keeping from me. It's mine in the name of Jesus. I'm going to be bold. No longer am I going to allow you to win because I am a child of the Most High God and He is victorious. It's time to get bold. That's what I want us to do. I want us to lift our hands to the Father. Repeat after me. Father, I will be bold. I will not shrink back when the enemy attacks. When the enemy starts talking, I will stand my ground because you are victorious and you have made me victorious in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can I just pray over you guys real quick? Is that okay? You guys can just close your eyes, bow your head, whatever you want to do. But as I close this out, I just want to pray over you guys. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for this community of believers, Father. Lord, I thank you for equipping them with boldness, with equipping them with faith, with equipping them with authority. Holy Spirit, come right now in this moment. Minister to their hearts throughout this week. Reveal the opportunities for them to step out in their faith, to no longer be idle and having dead works, but walking and acting, bearing the fruit of Christ, being the light of the world. Heavenly Father, make opportunities. I know it's scary, guys, but it's time to step out in the name of Jesus. Father, make opportunities for them to be active and to step out in the name of Jesus. And Father, we just thank you that you go with them, that you go with me. You never leave us or forsake us. Thank you, God, for equipping us with Christ and the authority to overcome when the enemy attacks. Thank you for giving us boldness. Lord, I ask that you give them fresh fire right now in the name of Jesus. A fresh desire to pursue your heart and to pursue your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.